Welcome to Evangel. Sorry if I scared you over there. <laughs> I guess that was pretty loud. Am I too loud? Okay. Good morning. Welcome to Evangel. I invite you to stand as we sing this morning. And welcome to everyone who's watching on the live stream. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord God, we've come here to worship you, to grow closer to you. Please draw us closer to you by your grace, Lord God, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Strength will rise as we wait on the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong delay. good just wait on him strength will rise as we wait upon the lord we will wait upon the lord wait upon the lord strength will rise as we wait upon the lord we will wait upon the lord wait upon the lord our god you reign forever our hope our strong delay The defender of the weak, you comfort those in need, you lift us up on wings like eagles. Sing, Our God, you reign forever. Our God, you reign forever. Our hope. Strong deliverer, our God, our God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer, you are the everlasting God, the everlasting God. You do not faint you won't grow weary you're the defender of the weak you comfort those in need you lift us up on wings like eagles you are the everlasting God the everlasting God you do not you won't grow weary. You're the defender of the weak. You comfort those in need. You lift us up on wings like eagles. Amen. Believe in the sun 
believe in the risen one I believe I overcome by the power of his blood Amen Amen I'm alive I'm alive because he dead in the grave. I was dead in the grave, covered in sin. I was covered in sin and shame. I heard mercy call my name. He rolled the stone Good morning. That's some good singing today. You woke up, sun's shining, ready to sing. Say hi to everybody before you sit down this morning, and then I have a few announcements to share with you. All right. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, good morning, and uh, welcome to the in-person service here at Evangel this morning, and I want to say welcome to all of you who are watching us from elsewhere. We're glad that you joined us as well, and our prayer today that, uh, is that this service would be meaningful for all of us, whether we're here in the building or elsewhere, that God, by His Spirit, will minister to our hearts, change our lives because we've gathered and encountered His presence. I have a couple of announcements. The first is I just want to start with a thank you. Uh, yesterday, we had an, a tremendous team that came and cleaned up the property that worked really hard, and uh, I just want us to express our appreciation to them this morning. What a, what a great team, and um, I think it may have been the largest cleanup team we've ever had, so uh, kind of felt like a Sunday morning service that so many people were here uh, in the new reality. So great, great that you could be here. Thank you so much for that. Just also want to remind you that, uh, as I mentioned last week, during the uh, COVID season, uh, we, we stopped passing offering plates and we've placed them at the doors as you enter and as you exit. And so uh, if you want to be able to give your offering in person in an envelope, you can do that either on your way in or on your way out on Sundays. If you want to give electronically, which is many people have 
have uh, transitioned to that during especially the past couple of years. You can just send your offering to giving at epcoakville.com and uh, we can receive it that way. For those of you who are not able to be here on Sundays, you can mail it, you can drop it off. And we're planning in June to start collecting offering as part of our worship uh, because we see offering as part of our worship. We start doing that again in June, so uh, thank you for that. Uh, just uh, to make a special announcement for you this morning as well, over a few weeks ago, Tyler and I, and I uh, met together, and, uh, and Tyler has decided that after a number of years of helping us musically, the time has come for him to, to wrap up his time here at Evangel to focus on other things uh, in his own life and family. And uh, so as of June, at the end of June, Tyler will be uh, ceasing his, uh, his role here as, uh, leading, as our primary worship leader. And he's been directing our worship for a while. I'm trying to think of how long, Tyler, but... Yeah, it was supposed to be temporary, and I think it ended up being about four years. So, yeah, yeah so a couple in the summer, uh, <laughs> yeah, a couple of summer helps till uh, to you know here we are four years later. So we've certainly appreciated Tyler, and we understand and we bless him as he's uh, pursuing. And in July, child number six, buddy. Yeah, uh, you know. So it's a boy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, see, he's got some. Uh, He's got some priorities he, he, uh, he needs to take care of, that's for sure. And so just to let you know, we're, we're approaching Tyler's decision in a two-stage process. And so stage one is to, uh, to secure uh, worship leading and put that in place for the summer months, which we have done. So the summer is covered and we're good, and that'll give us the time to, uh, to process what our long-term plan is as we're moving forward. So uh, we'll say more about Tyler and his leading uh, as we go along, but his last day with us will be Father's Day, so we'll, we'll talk more in the future about that. But that's it for now. Uh, God bless you. And Tyler, for one of the very few times we have left, I'm going to hand it back to you. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you. Okay, well, it's not about me. Let's go back to Jesus. That's why we're here. Uh, please stand as we sing. Um, we sang this song last week. So it still might be new for some. It's called Leaning by Matt Marr. And it's just a beautiful song about how we need to lean on God. We need to trust in the Lord. We need to rely on him at all times makes me think of the verse trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths or he will make your path straight even though a lot of times it doesn't feel like his path is straight does anyone know what I'm talking about yeah but we gotta lean on him cause who else are we gonna lean on I'm not going to lean on myself. I'm not going to lean on my wife. I mean, I lean on my wife in some things, obviously, right? But ultimately, we cannot put our ultimate trust on an individual on this earth, regardless of how great they are. Ultimately, our trust and our allegiance is to God because only he sees it all and has control of it all and knows what's best for us. So... Uh, hopefully this song is a is a blessing to you. It's a, a song I play on repeat all the time when I'm driving, when I'm washing dishes, although I should probably do that more. Anyway. Sorry, and all of that, I for, I'm talking about how many kids Tyler has. Right. I forgot to send our kids out. So kids, oh. you are free to go for kids ministry this morning. Thank you. That's right. Have fun, kids. There we go. Well, you know what? At least they heard what I... Kids, what I said applies to you too. You got to trust in God. Trust in your parents. But God even more. Um, so I, I encourage you to, to pray along um, with us. And that, that's one thing I say that, that I did want to say too is, at least for me growing up, I thought prayer is spoken. And then, oh, these are praise and worship songs. But praise and worship songs are prayers. When, when we sing this, we are praying. It's just, we're praying through music. So, anyhow, 
So pray along with us.
please help us to lean on you no matter what. When we don't understand, when it seems like all hope is lost, when it seems like you've abandoned us, Lord God, when it just doesn't make any sense, please help us to lean on you, to still trust in you.
to love with your love all the time and we fall short my God we ask for your mercy and your grace to love with your love and to grow in your love because that's what you want for us these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love your divine love, Lord God. Come, Holy Spirit, and light that fire of love in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please remain standing for the reading of God's Word. Our scripture today is found in Exodus chapter 35. We're going to be reading verses 4 to 10. Moses spoke to the entire congregation of Israel, saying, This is what God has commanded. Gather from among you an offering for God. Receive on God's behalf what everyone is willing to give as an offering. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins, dolphin skins, acacia wood, lamp oil, Spices for anointing oils and for fragrant incense, onyx stones and other stones for setting in the ephod and the breastplate. Come, all of you who have skills, come and make everything God has commanded. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team, for leading us so beautifully today. Today we are launching a new sermon series entitled, Making a Comeback, Down But Not Out. Making a Comeback, Down But Not Out. Now a comeback is defined as returning after a period away. Returning after a period away. And so we use the term comeback in reference to athletes who stop competing. They, quote, retired and then decide that they want to participate in their sport again, and so they make a comeback. For those Leaf fans, next year will be our comeback. I've been telling myself that since I was six years old, but we use it to reference musicians and bands who just fade off the scene and then decide later that they want to perform again. They're making a comeback. We refer to it in terms of fashion trends when certain clothing items from the past become popular again. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been waiting since the 1980s for wind pants to make a comeback. 
I'm starting to lose hope. For those of you who think they did make a comeback, you're in the same camp as me. We use it to refer to grooming. Thin eyebrows are making a comeback. Thick eyebrows are making a comeback. We use it, you know, center parts and then side parts in our hair or beards and mustaches or, or man buns or whatever. Things go, come, and they go. They make a comeback. Life is cyclical, it seems. Now, there's no question that the past two years have been difficult for individuals, difficult for families, for businesses, for the economy as a whole. And it has certainly been difficult for the church. COVID has had a profound impact on the church community, resulting in significant changes and losses. Losses in attendance, changes and losses to finances, unity, mission, sense of community, the mental well-being of its members. And so as we begin to move forward, because I, I believe we're beginning to gain some traction to move forward, I believe it's important for us to identify and address these changes and losses and with the help of the Holy Spirit, find a way forward that reflects who and what Jesus has called us to be as his church. I believe we need to do that. And so we, our local congregation, EPC, we are returning, if you will, after a period away. We've, we've had extended periods away from each other. We've had extended periods away from our usual practices, away from our priorities, away from our commitments even in some regards. And I believe it's time for a comeback. It's time to return after a period away. We are down in many regards, but we are not out. We are down, but we are not out. And so over the next few weeks, we'll be addressing some of the specific losses that we've experienced and how we can find our way again. And we're going to be reminded throughout this series that the Holy Spirit will help us to redeem our losses and regain our focus as we respond to rediscovering the priorities of the kingdom of God. Now today we're going to be identifying loss and change in terms of resources. Material resources, people resources. And we'll be considering an example from the Old Testament that I believe beautifully addresses this issue. And I want to walk through that with you this morning. Let's start with provision. The book of Exodus provides us with the account of God leading the Hebrews out from the bondage of slavery in Egypt en route to a land that was promised to them by God to Abraham. In Exodus chapter 3, when the Hebrews are under intense pressure as slaves and are poorly treated, God spoke to Moses and told him that he saw what was happening to his people. He was aware of it. He heard their cries. He was concerned with their suffering, and he desired to rescue them. And so through a series of miracles, the people were finally given permission to leave Egypt. In Exodus chapter 12, we're provided with some important details about what took place just prior to their departure. Pharaoh had reached the point where he, you know, his, what appeared to be his breaking point. And so he told the Israelites, listen, just, just leave. Just get out. Just go. Take your flocks. Take your herds. Just go. Get out of here. The Egyptian people had also reached the breaking point. And they told the, you know, their Israelite neighbors the same. Hurry. Not only leave, but do it as quickly as you can. Get, get out of here quickly. Now, what can sometimes get lost in this part of the story is a very specific instruction 
that Moses gave the Hebrews prior to leaving. He told them to go to the Egyptians and ask them for material possessions such as gold and silver and fine linens and nice wood and all these different things. And if you're, if you're tracking through the story, you'll see that it says right there that God, God made the Egyptians favorable to their request and gave them, the, the Hebrews, what they asked for. It says they plundered the Egyptians, which is a term to describe the magnitude of how much they received. They, they asked and God intervened and they just poured it on, on them. And so the Hebrews left Egypt with an abundance of material resources because God had provided it for them. Now in Exodus chapter 31, we get some insight into God's provision in terms of people resources. The time had come to set up the tabernacle to worship, and very specific instructions were given to Moses and the people about how the tabernacle would operate and how it should be set up. And so to do the necessary work, people would be required. Specifically, skilled people would be required. And so in Exodus 31, we're told that God filled certain individuals with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit giving these people the skills, the ability, the knowledge to do all kinds of craftsmanship, like working with precious metals or cutting and setting precious stones, carving wood and making beautiful ornate pieces. God, by his Holy Spirit, empowered people, and the Holy Spirit enabled them to do things that in their own ability they were not able to do. God told them that he had given them the ability to do all the craftsmanship that desired to be done. But what's interesting is he didn't only give them the ability to do the work. It says he also gave them the skills to teach and train others to do it. The nation of Israel had material resources that they brought from Egypt with God's intervention. And they had people resources because the Holy Spirit had empowered them with skills and the ability to train others. God had given them all the provisions they would need. The second thing I want us to see today is the response. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus said, To whom much is given, much is required. And so God had given the Hebrews material resources and people resources, and he was now calling them to practically use their God-given resources. And so in Exodus 35, which was our scripture today, Moses gathered the people together and challenged them with a request from God. And he said, from what you have, take an offering for the Lord. And everyone who is willing, bring an offering of gold and silver and bronze, blue and purple, scarlet yarn and linens, and so on and so forth that we read this morning. Now, in addition to these material resources, he said all the skilled people and all those who are willing to be trained need to show up. Now, it's important for us to highlight a few things here. I think there's some really important things here. First of all, the offering that God is asking for is coming from what they have. They have it because he provided it. I mean, how else would slaves in the desert have such extravagant items. I mean, gold and silver and precious stones and fine linens and, and just the list goes on. The only reason slaves in the desert have these things is because God gave them to them. Secondly, the offering was for the Lord. Yes, it was to build the tabernacle and operate the tabernacle, but ultimately all of that was for the Lord. And then thirdly, Moses said, Everyone who is willing. This wasn't forced on them. God didn't say, listen, 
I'm the reason that you technically have what you have. So technically, what you have is mine anyway, and so bring it to me. Hand it over. I'm demanding my stuff. No. They could choose to respond or not. All those who are willing. And so after hearing the request, the whole community, we're told, withdrew from Moses' presence, and it says that everyone who was willing, and then it adds another phrase, and those whose hearts were moved came and brought what was requested. Those who were willing, both men and women, came and started working together on the tabernacle. Now, the presence of the phrase, those who were willing, suggests that, well, maybe some were not willing, and some were. And those who were willing brought both material resources and people resources. Now, my favorite part of this story takes place in Exodus chapter 36. It says that those who were doing the work left their work. They stopped working, and they went to Moses because there was a problem, a problem that needed addressing. The people were bringing more than enough to do the work. And so Moses gave the order that no one was to bring anything else because they had more than enough. The problem was they were getting overwhelmed with the response. God used the material resources that they brought from Egypt with his intervention, and the people resources that the Holy Spirit had empowered with skills and ability to train others and use both to accomplish his purpose. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning, today we're identifying loss and change in terms of resources, both material and people resources. And so I want to start today with material resources. Just a disclaimer, for those of you who may be visiting today, who came to check out, you know, we're just, we're just kind of talking about what's happening here, and like you may leave today and may never want to come back, you know, but we're, we just deal with things sort of out in the open here. That's, that's how this family functions. So I'm just kind of give you that disclaimer. Material resources. December 31st, 2019 marked the last full financial year prior to the outbreak of the COVID pandemic. And that year, our congregation gave a total of $503,000. December 31st, 2021, just a few months ago, nearly two years of COVID later, our congregation gave $443,000 a decline of $60,000. Through the COVID pandemic time, we experienced a decline of $60,000. Now, financially, we operated with a surplus because most of our ministry was operating at a minimal level at best, if at all. And we did receive government grants to help us to offset the impact of COVID. And so we experienced in that time period of just before and just as we're now coming out the other side, a $60,000 drop in income. And so when we sat down at the end of last year to prepare for 2022, uh, as a leadership team, we decided to leave the budget at the same level as 2021. That, you know, we had learned in the last two years that nothing is really that predictable, and we just thought, you know what? We brought in 443 during a full COVID year, and that was 60,000 less than before we started. But we should expect that we'll we'll at least hit that in 2022. So that was our budget. So we went there. Well, as of the end of April, which is one third of the year, so one third in the books, we experienced a 25% drop in giving compared to last year. Not compared to pre-COVID, compared to last year. Now, if this trend was to continue throughout 2022, 
our estimated income for 2022 is $343,000. $100,000 less than the budget and $160,000 less than our pre-pandemic giving. Now, as you might imagine, that's a lot of money for the budget the size of ours. That's significant. This should be very concerning for us as a congregation. It should be very concerning. Now, my intention today is not to create stress and anxiety. My intention today, which is my intention every time I stand in this pulpit, is to present you with the reality and the truth of a situation. And that's what I'm doing today. The impact of the COVID pandemic has had a significant impact on our material financial resources. And the truth is, if this current trend of 2022 continues, it will have a significant impact on our ministries and our programming. It will have a significant impact on how we're able to minister and serve the community that we're a part of. It will have a significant impact on the level at which we can support global workers and initiatives overseas. It'll significantly affect our staffing. It will significantly impact our ability to maintain this facility. Two weeks ago, we spent $20,000 replacing the roof on Stewart Hall because this is an older building. It will significantly impact our ability to maintain our facility. It will significantly impact any goals for any new initiatives that we desire God to, to do and use us in moving forward. I mean, that is just the reality. The truth is, our time away has hurt us financially. And I believe it's time for a comeback. I believe we're down, but I, I don't believe that we're out. And so like the Hebrews, I believe God has provided for us. And there are many who have suffered significantly from a financial standpoint during COVID, but just yesterday I read in a legitimate news source that since COVID, Canadians are sitting on an additional $300 billion in savings that they did not have prior to COVID. I know there's only a couple of you here that account for that, but, but that's the reality that while some suffered and lost dramatically, many others actually spent less than they normally did and and, and the concern with the government is that people are sitting on all these resources because they want it to, to be invested in the economy and get things moving. Folks, God has provided for us at whatever level it is. He's given us the opportunity to work and to earn. He's blessed our lives. Everything in our lives we recognize as followers of Jesus is, is, is God's blessing in our lives. And he's asking us, to give out of what he's given us. He's made it possible for us to earn it and, and, and avail of it, and he's asking us to invest in it, to give it. Like the Hebrews, he's asking us to give out of what we have. He's not asking us to give what we don't have. He's asking us to give out of what he have. Some of us have more and some of us have less. That's the reality. And he's asking us to give out of what we have. The offering is not for me. The offering is not for EPC. The offering is for the Lord, the same as it was here, for his work in and through this place. That's the reality. And so we give. To give, we must be willing. Like the Hebrews, to give, our hearts need to be moved. So here am I. I'm standing before you today and the millions of people who follow us every week online and I'm asking those of you who are willing to give out of what you have, do so to turn this around. Because this is ours. This is our church community. And so this is what I'm asking of us. And I want you to know, it's a big ask. <laughs> it's a big ask. And it's got two parts. The first part, which I think is smaller than the second part, is to return our giving to the level of our budget, to last year's giving level. Just get back to that. It's important for us to at least make our budget this year. That's important. 
But I'm also asking, and I think this is the bigger ask, that over the next few weeks leading up to the end of June, which is not very long, to not only return our monthly giving to our budget level, but to make up, yes, make up the $33,000 deficit that has been our shortfall to the end of April. Now, that's a big ask. I know that. But you know what? People misquote Bible all the time, so I can do it. You have not because you ask not, right? So it's a big ask, and I'm asking. Those who can only give a little, give a little. Those who can give a little more, give a little more. Those who have the resources to do something significant, do something significant. Because I believe to my core that God has a great work for EPC in this community. I I believe that to my core, but it's going to need financial resources to get it done. I kind of look at it like when you're on an airplane, you know, they tell you the unthinkable. In, In an emergency, when the mass drops, don't put it on your children first. Put it on yourself because you can't help anybody else until you are okay. And most of us have a hard time getting our heads around that because we die for our kids in a moment, right? And this is kind of like that. It's like, you know what? The masks are dropping and, and we got we to gotta put them on here first. We got we to gotta be healthy here because it's only out of the financial health here will we be able to do what we want to do to build the kingdom of God. You might say, well, based on the last financial statement, it looks like we have a pretty healthy bank account. Yes, actually we do. But I want you to know that that will deplete very quickly if the operating budget isn't maintained. We need to get our offerings up to at least the budget level. Secondly, people resources. Currently on Sunday mornings, our in-person attendance is about 50% of what it used to be pre-pandemic. Our in-person service is about half of what it was. And it's our in-person attendees that serve in the various areas necessary for meeting together. And because our in-person attendance is down, so is our volunteer base. And we have a lot of people who have served faithfully over the past two years. We have a significant core of people who have carried the load, who have worked so hard, who have been there in every single vacancy that we've needed filled, have stepped up and have done it. And I'll tell you something today, many of them are exhausted. They're exhausted because they've worked so hard. We need more people to step up. God has gifted us to serve. God has gifted us to mentor others in serving. And I believe sometimes we fall into the trap of believing that, and I'm going to tell you, 34 years of ministry, I can't tell you how many times I've I've heard this conversation, that we fall into the trap of believing that our skills and our talents, our abilities and our training, our experiences that we've gleaned in this life are to be used primarily for our jobs and our families. In fact, I have heard people say more often than I could ever articulate that I work in these areas all week long. I don't want to do it when I come to church. Now, I want you to know I understand that. I understand that. I mean, I pray during the week. I don't want to pray when I get here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But at the same time, if God has given us skills, if God has provided us the opportunity for training, if God has given us abilities and talent and experiences, good and bad, why wouldn't we want to give the best of that to serving him in ministry? Why wouldn't we? We serve God through our uniqueness, through our unique abilities and experiences and training. We can't just disconnect that when it comes to the church because we don't want that to be another place where we use our skills and training. We serve God through our uniqueness. 
I can't tell you how many times we have people call the office that are looking for information about our church community. Most often, they want to know what programs we offer for each age group. They want to know how we would describe our style of worship or what is the quality of our worship music or what's the quality of your preaching. Once Cindy answers that question, usually the conversation's over. Truth be told, most of us, most people choose church communities based most likely on what the church community can provide for them. I mean, let's, let's be honest. We choose a church community based on being somewhere where we can take from it what we find appealing. In fact, most people who leave church communities for another church leave because it believe, they believe that that place can provide more for them or a better quality for them than their present location. Because the truth is, in the culture we live in today, the priority is mostly taking. Can you imagine what would happen if followers of Jesus repented of consumerism, spiritual consumerism? Can you imagine if we collectively did and we approached church and instead of choosing a church community based not only what we can take from it, but rather what could I bring to it? What can I bring to that place? What contribution can I make? How can my lifelong experience with God make a contribution to that place in building the kingdom of God? Rather than asking what's in it for me, instead asking where can I make the best contribution to the kingdom of God? Probably sounds pretty radical, but pretty basic to me. We're experiencing a decline in people resources and we need more people to step up and serve with their God-given skills and talent and training and abilities and experience. And so practically today, after the service this morning, there are going to be representatives in the foyer on this side over here in four areas that we need help in right now. Live stream, sound and media, kids ministry, and hospitality teams, which is not only ushering, but in many forms of hospitality here. And so what I'm asking of you this morning is to go by after the service and talk to them. Ask them questions about what's involved in that area. What would, what would be involved in being a part of that? Tell them you might be interested. You don't have to, you know, run and throw yourself on the desk and, you know, surrender it all. That's not what I'm asking. But to have a conversation and say, I would consider serving in this area. Can we have a, uh, you know, can we follow up with a conversation and discuss where I, whether I might be a good fit for this? Is this is a good place for me to plug in and to serve? I encourage you to, to do that today as we address the losses and changes of COVID to people resources. I'm going to invite Tyler to come back. COVID has had a profound impact on church communities, resulting in significant changes and losses. And today we've identified loss and change in terms of resources right here where we are. Material and people resources. But I believe it's time for a comeback. We're down. But we're not out. We're down, but I don't know about you, I'm not ready to give up yet. I hope you're not ready to give up yet either. Because the Holy Spirit will help us redeem our losses, regain our focus as we respond to rediscovering the priorities that are the kingdom of God. Would you stand with me this morning as the worship team leads us? Would you prayerfully consider as the worship team leads us this morning? What is the Holy Spirit saying 
to you this morning? How is God prompting your heart? Is, is he? Are you willing? Is there something you can do? And are you willing to do it? I pray that as Tyler leads us this morning, that will be the prayer of our hearts. Tyler, lead us. Before I pray this morning, I just want to say, you know, in 17 years of leading this church, there have been these what I would call crossroads moments where we've reached a point in the journey where frank and serious decisions have to be made. And I've stood here and I've poured those out to you. And time and time again, I've seen you step up and, and respond. I would say that this one today probably ranks to me more critical than any of those others. It's a very crucial time for us. I'd rather preach on something lighter. But in times like these, it's my role to be that voice in this community. And so what I'm asking you to do today is do like the Hebrews did. Go home and pray about it and think about it. And those of you who are willing to do whatever it is and don't ever underestimate how significant something small is because in the book of Acts it said, everyone gave as they could and no one was without need. That's how it works in God's economy. Every piece matters equally important, the big and the small. So let's pray together. Father, this morning, we stand before you and we declare 
Let the good things in our lives come from you, ultimately. I know we work and we save and we are, make wise choices and we plan. Or we discipline ourselves. But we know that all of that's possible because of you in our lives. We credit you with the blessing in our lives. And Lord, when we come to you, we, we, we give you our lives. We surrender everything in our lives to you. Our lives, we recognize, are no longer our own, but they're yours, and you just continue to bless us through that. And so I just pray for each and every one of us today as we are a part of this incredible community that is strategically located to make a significant impact and difference in this world for your kingdom. God, I pray that you would help us to see what we as an individual might be able to contribute to that, whether it's financial or just the giving of our time and our abilities, our skills, our training. Holy Spirit, would you help us to process, to be sensitive to your leading and to be used of you once again for your glory. Father, today we pray for those in this church family that need your touch today. Lord, we continue to stand with and journey with those who are sick and struggling and are facing very difficult challenges in their lives. Today, we continue to pray for Todd as he waits over these next few months to get the update on his treatments and what the future holds for him and his family. We pray for your peace in his life. We pray for your healing. We pray for hope and a future. We pray for Gina as she's halfway through her treatment cycle. Thank you for how you've been with her in those treatments. And we just pray, God, that, that the end result would be good news. Give them strength and peace. For Edith, God for a healing miracle in her life. Strengthen her. Surround her with your peace. And others, whether they're here or at home today, who need you, who are struggling in different ways, facing different challenges, God, we come alongside and lift them up before you this morning. We ask that you would work in their lives. Thank you that we could be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Thank you that you place us in a family of faith that we don't have to face these things alone. We just pray that you would lead and guide us as we leave this place today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Hopefully you'll come back. Have a good week. <laughs>